Delkin, and this is On The Line, my podcast where I talk all things NBA hoops. We do some uh, NBA deep dives. We do some NBA-related drafts. We talk news from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at onaline underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. If you have any thoughts, opinions, uh, stuff, I don't know, if you want to just share with me, you can always shoot me an email at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Last, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, uh, I greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, happy NBA. This is On the Line, episode number 32 at long last. We are back. The NBA season is here. Thank God the offseason is mercifully come to an end. Are you guys fired up? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you... Uh, are you feeling hopeful about your, your real-life team, your fantasy squad? It's October. There's a chill in the air. Anything's possible. Of course, hope springs eternal. And then, you know, you know how this goes, folks. The panic. The panic always sets in after game number one, week number one. You start thinking about trades. How can I blow it up? How can I get rid of all these bloated contracts? Who can I, who can I get next offseason? When's Durant's contract up? I hope you guys are well. I hope you're fired up for the season. I am so psyched it's here, guys. Today we are gonna we are gonna wrap up our preview of the NBA Western Conference with my buddy Karen Connor. We're talking Rockets, baby. We're talking Dubs. We're talking Rip City, the Brow, LeBron, Jimmy Buckets. You know all of it. Let's hop into it. Here's my conversation with my good pal Karen Connor. You ready to hop into this? Fucking love All right. you, dude. <laughs> All right, we're back. This is the online podcast. I'm uh, I'm here with Kern Connor. Kern, how are you? How you feeling? I'm great, man. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for uh, thanks for swinging over to my place in Queens. We are previewing the Western Conference of the NBA, uh, the 2018-19 uh, season that we that begins. So this this podcast will drop on Monday. Okay. So we are the season opens tomorrow. Well, we all know that one game into an 82-game season blows up all the predictions. <laughs> it changes everything. I should really see what that game is on Monday. I always go off of the posters for the first game, and the, the posters on the subway just oh, have like LeBron staring at... Curry? No, because I think they're playing Portland. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's LeBron staring at... I think Lillard, and then it's Curry staring at... Yeah, there it is. I don't know. Okay, so the season, the season opens on Tuesday, October 16th, mm-hmm. Philly at Boston. Philly at Boston's great. And then Oklahoma at Golden State. That's going to be a terrible Both game. on TNT. Oh, baby. <laughs> and then on Wednesday, we get the full slate with, what is this, like 10 or 12 different games. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's dive into it, Karen. Okay. So um, I think the easiest thing to do here is to talk about um, the teams in the Western Conference that made the playoffs last year. So mm-hmm. let's go through one through eight. Love it. And then um, what I did with Lucas last week is we talked about um, what happened with the team last year, any mm-hmm. sort of challenges they have upcoming this season, and uh, yeah, any notable roster changes, anything like that. So let's start Let's start with the first overall seed, the Houston Rockets. Oh, God. So this is a squad that finished 65 and 17, the number one overall seed. And, you know, like the skinny on this team is Daryl Morey became obsessed and like fixated with beating the Warriors. 
And that was like the mandate in the offseason. They went out and they got Chris Paul, Chris Paul, James Harden. They play together. Harden has this incredible season. He wins the MVP. Uh, he's, a lot of good it did him. He's playing off the ball. They look great. They finish with the league's best record, the number one seed in the West, and they lose in game seven of the Western Conference Finals to Golden State. So this year they run it back. Um, they have a, the, a couple new pieces in place. But the basic thought here is maybe if we keep Chris Paul healthy uh, throughout the duration of the playoffs, Maybe they can pull off the unthinkable and and knock out uh, the Warriors. Do you know when the last time Chris Paul stayed healthy for an entire season? (laughs) No. He didn't play any of the... He didn't play Game 7, right? No, he didn't. So he got injured in Game 5. Game 5, yeah. Yeah. So they they, they won Game 5. They were winning three games to two. And it was like less than a minute. You know, he pulled up lane. Oh, that's right. It was was so late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Now, when we think about the Rockets... Coming into this season, any sort of challenges or things that you know you want to talk about, think about. I actually think the West is so much easier to predict. Really, than the East? Of course it is. Why? Give me your theory on that. Because no, no, there, there's gold, the Golden State Warriors, yeah. and then fourteen Everyone other else. teams. Yeah, and that's not to no, that is to take a big heaping dump on the rest of the, <laughs> the teams rest of the, in the West. Western Conference. But the but like obsessing over beating the Warriors by trying to just like launch threes. Yeah. You could go seven games with them, like what Houston did, but then you run out of gas in the second half. Totally. They also, Golden State doesn't panic. Houston, even in that first half, I remember watching that game with my brother, and even in that first half, my brother was like, they look tight. They look so tight. Houston. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was was either... I think it was either Tucker or Gordon who yeah. like came like like flying down the court with That's like right. five seconds left at the end of the first half, and he put one in, and the crowd was like all over the place. Right. They were freaking out. Right. And you, but you just felt. You know what it reminded me of? Do you mm. remember when Stefan Diggs caught that pass? Yes. In the, yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the place went crazy. <laughs> yeah, even yeah. even if it, it I think it was like, Griffin. Yeah. Like the look on his face was like, I can't believe what just happened. And in that moment, this is this is the ultimate like like Monday morning fan doing this. Yeah. But in that moment, I was like, they're not going to win the no. next game. <laughs> like, yeah, if they're if the fans they are celebrating they, that hard, yeah. it's like that's a telltale yeah. sign that, yeah. I know, I just, I just, I think they gave their best shot. Kind of like how Oklahoma, like Westbrook in that first season without, like you saw the best that that team yeah. is going to give you. Yeah. I mean, and it got you to seven games in the in the Western Conference Finals. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, so the notable roster changes, you know, uh, addition, subtractions. So they lose Trevor Ariza and Luke Mabute mm-hmm. in free agency. Ryan Anderson and his $36 million contract were shipped to Phoenix for Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight. Mm-hmm. James Ennis, you know, who's a nice player, was added as was Carmelo Anthony. Where did they get Ennis from? James Ennis played with Memphis last oh, year. Okay. You know, I I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think like last year the Rockets were ranked sixth in team defense. You know, and that was kind of surprising to me because under Mike D'Antoni, you know, D'Antoni is known for having this like innovative offensive scheme. It's what is it? It's it's every, shoot the ball every seven seconds or less. Yeah. Right. So they actually surprisingly played really well on defense. Frank might die. The dog just started licking my hand under the table, which is about one of the creepiest things that a dog can He's do. playing defense. He, hear, he hears defense. He wants to get in there. Yeah, the Rockets were six, ranked sixth in defense, surprisingly, last year. And But, you know, they lost two key cogs, you know, Ariza mm-hmm. and, and uh, Mabute. That was kind of their role on their team. And they're now replacing those guys with 
Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, you know, I thought like, Ariza. I thought Ariza looked looked good in the playoffs yeah. last year for what he. Oh contributed, no, yeah, but. yeah. I mean, to, to replace him with Carmelo, it seems like a stretch. And now, you know, it's again, Chris Paul is he's he's thirty three. He'll be thirty four in May. Father time is undefeated. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing the Rockets are going to be able to, uh, you know, like produce like they did last year. They they run out of starting five. of Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker. Off the bench is Carmelo, James Ennis, and Gerald Green. I don't know, man. I expect a little regression here. I still think yeah. they're going to be good, but, you know. I do think it's going to be interesting to watch Carmelo come off the bench, though, and just see what that does to him because you never know. I mean, Andre Iguodala coming off the bench – Two years ago, I mean, still coming off the bench, basically. Yes. But made himself as uh, valuable and as indispensable a member of that team. And on that team to do that, that says something. But that also says a lot about Andre Iguodala to be like, you know what? I know know what I I can do here and what I can contribute. Where have we ever seen... In Carmelo Anthony's like long storied career, like him being cool with being like the third or fourth banana? On, yeah, on a team. Yeah, right? and in and in his defense, like if you were the he's also a media punching bag. People yes. love to hate to hate on him. Yes, can we curse on this podcast? Yes, by curse the way? Yeah, That's say any of the words awesome. you want. Yeah, yeah, no, but he. Um, if I were him and I had been the man my yeah. whole life, and yeah. suddenly you're being. I was being asked to, and everyone in the media is like, he's got to come off the bench. Right, he can't he's do washed it up. Right, it's the same with Des Bryant. I would be like, why would I? Why would I accept do that? this role yeah. and then have everyone go, we were right about you. Right. And then when I, if I were to do well, have everyone take that credit. I get it. Yeah. But I also don't, I also think it's been long enough for us to go like, yeah, he's, he's a prolific scorer, but yes. that's it. What else you got? It's about time. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So the Warriors. Yeah. There's finished... a lot to unpack with this team. <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors finished in uh, the second seed last year. They finished 58 and 24. You know, you, we know the story. Two-time defending champs. Mm-hmm. They've won three in four years. The Warriors. They're a dynasty. Three out of the four. Three, three out, out of four, four years. years. Yeah. I mean, they're they're the class of the, of the league. And, and they looked at last year. They trailed Houston three games to two in the Western Conference Finals. They caught a break with Chris Paul getting hurt at the end of game five. And then they eventually advance to the finals, beat Cleveland. Of course, the rich get richer. They add DeMarcus Cousins. And uh, I don't know, is is another NBA title inevitable here, right? Probably. Maybe? That kind of feels that Maybe? way. It's a safe bet, but... Let's make a case for them not. Okay. Like, let's hear... If, if there's a case to be made for them not... Now, are you saying not winning, winning. the championship? Just or not, not winning. I Like, even if they make the finals, we need to find a way for them to not win It would the be title. kind of like Villanova beating Georgetown yes. in 1985, like yes. playing the perfect game, yes. but doing it for seven games. Yes. And it would be Boston, probably. Brad Stevens is our hope. Yeah. Like, that's the hope. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Brad Stevens. And, and Kyrie bringing that flat earth mm-hmm. energy all sure. the way to the NBA Finals. <laughs> flat earth energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, with with flat earthers, are, does anybody, is there ever a follow-up question with somebody with a flat, who's a flat earther? Is it like, is it all planets that are flat or is it <laughs> just earth? earth? Also, do you believe in other planets? Unclear. It kind of feels like Kyrie says the earth's flat and people are like, <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> I... I would say I don't know out of the out of the West it's it's it would probably be something like Utah was fun to watch last year oh, but I don't 
But yeah. again, it would be like, they'd have to have a season. It's going to be a team that no one sees coming. Okay. You I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present some ideas. Lay it on me. All right. Well, first of all, first of all, in terms of like challenges for the Warriors, people, you know, fans, media, pundits, whatever, people are all bent out of shape about the optics of the Warriors adding another all-NBA player in DeMarcus Cousins. I get it. He's great. But he's not going to be ready to like... I don't know, January, February, March. Like, what's realistic? This guy- Optimistically, people are thinking December, but right. that prob- add a month onto that, yeah. probably. Yeah. The guy tore his Achilles tendon. I mean, this is like Dan Marino. This is the injury that ended Dan Marino's career, yeah. effectively, right? Yeah. And Dan Marino was a pocket passer, <laughs> right? and he didn't weigh 300 pounds. Yeah. All right? Boogie Cousins is a big-ass guy, mm-hmm. and his job on a, on playing basketball is like sprinting up and down the court, especially mm-hmm. on the Warriors, right? They're going to move the ball. They want to run. Yeah. You're telling me he's going to be like full tilt come next or this coming February or, or May or June? Yeah. Like, he's just not going to be the same player. So... First of all, I, I just the Boogie Cousins signing is great, but like it's a marquee signing, but it's not a it, it doesn't it doesn't add marquee yeah, talent for the exactly. for a team that is already spoiled with talent. Okay, next, yeah. Last year, Steph Curry played fifty games. He had ankle injuries, right? This is this has been like a, a persistent thing throughout his career. He's mm-hmm. he had a healthy few years, but last year he only played fifty games. How old is he? He's like thirty. Old bitch. Old bitch. What's, you know, I don't know. Maybe we catch a break with, maybe he gets hurt. Who's to say he stays healthy, right? <laughs> you betrayed now, yourself a little bit there. Maybe we catch a break. Maybe we catch a break. Look, I'm trying to get creative here. <laughs> now, who's to say, lastly, are we sure that these guys like each other? Do they definitely like playing together? Are they bored? They definitely seem bored. They don't. Durant seems surly as hell, right? He's super into trolling people on Instagram. Yeah. Are we sure they're ready to climb the mountain for the fourth time in five years? I definitely think they are. And I think, Fuck. yeah, I no, no, I look, right. I, God, I am, I, I don't like them. Right. I'm, I'm saying that hard into this microphone. Right. I don't like them. And right. it's, and it's, um, it's, yeah, it is more about some of the, like the off court, just like stuff. They're assholes. Like right. they just seem like pricks, don't right. they? Like yeah. they do yeah. not seem like a fun group of people right. to hang out with. Right. The game they play but is they fantastic. Still... But there is there is something kind of like I was thinking about this. I was trying to think about in anticipation of this. I was thinking about when Steph Curry, the attitude that he carries around when he drains an impossible shot. And it is amazing to do yeah. it. But when he does it, it's like he he like he acts like that guy, th- that guy's not good enough to cover that shot. I'm like, no one is. No, no one, is. No one yeah. can make that shot. Right, right. To me, I, it made me think about. I think Eddie Azard has a bit about <laughs> like the Falkland, the Falkland War, where Argentina uh-huh. only had cannons that reached a certain distance, and the British fleet had a <laughs> had ships <laughs> that could reach far past that. So yeah. all it did was park a little bit outside the distance that the Argentinian cannons could fire, and yeah. then they just shelled the shit out of right. Them. It's like that's what it feels, and then like, and that's not that creative. And so if so yes, <laughs> so if so if the it's British like, fleet yes, were you're all going to win every time if that's your strategy. If the British fleet were all on the deck of those ships at Argentina like doing the shoulder shimmy and yeah. everything. Argentina would be like, are you fucking kidding right, me? Right, right. 
it's just it's too much. It's 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 too much for me to sit back and just objectively enjoy because I love the game of basketball so much. I I'm not that guy, and so right. I can watch them and just be like, "Fuck you, get it over." Yeah, with. yeah. That said, I do think we're kind of bored with them. Oh, totally. And so anytime there's any whiff so of now drama, it's like the we game, all blow it up. It's like the game within the game. Where yes. It's like oh Durant yeah. Durant like maybe he's really upset. Look what he's doing on Instagram. It's yeah. like guess what? Yeah. There's still so much more talented than everyone in the league agreed and we talked about that ad do, do you remember that do, do we talk one? about that ad with durant with that okay hey google oh yes yes yeah <laughs> we, we were me, watching monday night football we were watching monday and there's that yeah. ad comes on it's all people going hey google how do i do this hey google yeah uh, where is this and then they go to kevin durant and he's sitting mm. in a locker room with like a, a sweatshirt on he's like yo google and they're like oh actually kevin it's it's hey google and he's like oh okay okay and they keep and then they go off and show some other people, and he's like, "Yo, Google, like, uh, it's it's hey, that's great, but it's it's hey, Google, right?" And I know they're showing us this because they're like, "Isn't it funny that he can't get it right?" I'm like, "No, he's a fucking asshole." Yeah, because he's making I don't know how much from this ad, Too and he's money. just banking off of the fact that he's like, "I can't be bothered to change one word." Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, Rich get richer. So they lose Javel McGee, Zaza Pachulia, David West. They add, None of which they need. No. They yeah. add DeMarcus Cousins, who they also don't need. They also have some good young talent Yeah, that's that the thing. They, so, I can't remember what was the name of that guy they started. Uh, that didn't start, but he played a few... He played some solid minutes in the um, oh, in the finals last Cook, year. Quinn Cook? Yeah. Yeah. Was, I he mean, was a rookie. Yeah, incredible. And he played with a lot... I mean, if you play on that team, you play with a lot of confidence. But they have... They have good talent and they're well coached. They run like, a starting five of uh, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Jordan Bell is going to slot in at center, and I guess Demarcus Cousins is going to come off the bench to start. You know, when it, whenever he's ready, right? And then off the bench, they bring Iguodala and Sean Livingston. Mm-hmm. They have Quinn Cook. I mean, they. I think they also signed Jonas Drebko. It's like they just the rich get richer. Yeah, and it, and, I, and I do think with that drama and do they like still like playing together the only person i would like legitimately question that is durant yeah because i think in the wake of coming there he went from being like how could people being like how could you do this to people being like you might be the best player in the world and right. then he's kind of like a petulant yeah. guy and yeah. it, he might feel like i want to go somewhere else and be the yeah. man but if he doesn't we shouldn't be surprised that he likes living in california and winning constantly of course. yeah you know? it turns out those are nice things yeah all right let's move on to the portland trailblazers mm-hmm. so they finished in the third seed last year 49 and 33 you know the blazers were they, they were kind of a surprise squad last year in terms of finishing third and you know they in terms of their success the west is loaded um the final five or six teams coming out of the west they're all stacked and the blazers wound up finishing in third with 49 wins yeah but they were swept out of the first round by the pelicans in last year's playoffs yeah. and didn't do much overhaul on their roster so i'm curious what are your expectations current for the team coming in this year any sort of challenges things you're looking for for um the blazers i think i think probably the, the they might make the playoffs again but i yeah. think they're pretty much the same i don't think in in the way the nba goes now with player movement occurs yeah. if you don't make moves in the offseason it right. sort of feels like you 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 might be gearing up for something down the line or right. you're just not as attractive a prospect to free agents damian lillard is a really good player he yes. spent his whole Turns career out. there right yes i just yeah they feel like a team that is at least for the time being understands where 
they fall on the pecking order and that they're living in the era of the Golden State Warriors. And so the likelihood of them actually overachieving and and finishing at the top. I mean, also the way way that we know that Mm -hmm. teams... The way the teams and and particularly athletes look at like I don't need to play a whole regular season. Oh like, no! I you know you said that thing about Curry. <laughs> Curry only played 50, 50, games. fifty games. Yeah. How much of that was him being like I can't play and being like you know what I could but oh probably dude. still gonna win like Steve Kerr's his coach. You yeah, know, ten like, out of twelve without me there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just take it easy. If I'm sure nights. Kerr is like you know what just yeah. hang back. Yeah. Like like rest up. Listen, the the you mentioned before they're you know they're the Rockets and the Warriors last year at the top of the conference and then seeds three through eight, nine, even 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, seeds three through eight were separated by two wins. So yeah. so the Trailblazers yeah. had 49 wins mm-hmm. and the Timberwolves at the eighth seed had 47. Yeah. So, even, even 49 wins for Portland, 58 for Golden State, to me seems like a narrow margin for Golden State. Right. To me, that feels like they were like, we could get by with a five game margin. We'll make it 10. Yeah. It could be 15, 15 or 20 games depending on how if like, we felt which, like it do if we want to try yeah 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 if the regular season were more important to like us two years ring. ago two years ago the warriors obviously cared very much about trying to be like mm-hmm. the greatest team of all time they yeah. had 70 plus wins oh, right yeah. this year or this past season they're like screw it we did that mm-hmm. we did that two years ago what did that get us you know mm-hmm. like we wound up losing the finals let's yeah. just take it easy this year we'll win a cool 58 <laughs> you know like we'll coast win 58 we'll be yeah. the second seed we know what's gonna happen yeah. um so yeah i mean uh, the margin of error for these teams seated three through eight nine ten even eleven is so thin like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to believe that all of these guys are going to maximize their potential um the trailblazers last year yeah 49 wins the thing the the challenge that i foresee with the blazers is they have to replace the production of some pretty key role players so you know obviously lillard and mccollum are still there but they lost Shabazz Napier and Pat Connaughton, mm-hmm. both of those guys made 20% of the Blazers' total three-pointers last mm-hmm. year, and they just walked in free agency. And that's not an insignificant thing. Did they have Mills last year, Pat Mills? Patty Mills, no, he's still in the Spurs. Um, okay. So they have to make up for that production. They they, they lose some key three-point uh, role players. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you hear this buzz about... Lillard McCollum, maybe one of them should be traded. Obviously, like Lillard has refuted that all offseason, but sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know if any of that is true. I don't know if one of those guys is maybe a little disgruntled, if it's purely chatter coming from the outside, from the media, or Mm -hmm. if there's something real, you know, like I I don't know if there's anything to be believed in any of that, but um, I don't know. So Ed Davis, Shabazz Napier, they they leave him free agency as does Pat Connaughton. He goes to the Bucks. Mm -hmm. The Blazers run out of starting five of Lillard, McCollum, Al Farouk Aminu, Evan Turner, Yusich Nurkic. I think that's how you say his name. I think you nailed it on that one. (laughs) Seth Curry. Mo Harkless and Zach Collins come off the bench. Mm-hmm. I think this is a playoff team. Um, I think that they're a playoff team. I just don't expect that they're going to be a three a three seed. You know, they had yeah. an incredible win streak last year in the spring of 2018. They went 13 games in a row in March. Yeah. I'm skeptical that they can kind of pull off the same level of uh, of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the West is improved, and frankly, the Blazers seem like they stayed neutral in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is it it, it is the the fact that they weren't able to make moves in free agency and in the offseason has a lot to do with the fact that they're 
from when, within and without, there's probably not much belief that going to Portland Like, what's means, that going to do? Exactly. What's that going to do yeah. for me? Yeah, yeah. It's a niche market with a with a, a, a franchise that has a lot of prestige. Yes. But we're a long way from those years with um, Walt, Walton yeah. and... Uh, Bill Walton. Bill didn't, Walton. Didn't Bill win a championship with them? Yes. The the, the Portland Trailblazers, I believe... I got to double check this. I, might be, I, I think I'm right about that. So Bill Walton went on to help the Trailblazers to an NBA title, beating the Philadelphia 76ers... He was named the MVP of the finals. That's right. There yeah. it is. Yeah. There's, yeah, the Portland, it's... They're in neutral. They're in neutral. Thank you. Let's move on to Oklahoma City. Uh, the Thunder last year finished in the fourth seed, 48 and 34. The skinny on this team is... So OKC basically accomplished their big offseason mission, their objective, which was re-signing and retaining Paul George, which, you know, like 12, 14 months ago seems like a long shot. Um, yeah. You remember, Karen, like oh, yeah. all the talk was PG-13 in his Indiana years was all about how he wanted to return home to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. help remake the Lakers. He grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So the fact that he relocated and is staying put in Oklahoma kind of is a far-fetched against all odds kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so that that's a fun story. But um, yeah, it turns out he likes small town life and playing alongside Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. Well, it was also, wasn't there, wasn't money part of this too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turns out money talks. Well, it's like, guy from LA likes small town life? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> turns out... Uh, but I, I do believe part of it was like for... For him to, I I remember a lot of the conversation about this was one hundred thirty-seven million. Yeah, I mean that's that's a chunk of change. Yeah, not a chunk of change that he needs. I do the the, this whole thing with Paul George and about whether he should stay, whether he should go, keep the money and play one more year, or made me feel like how much of that is an actual factor um, for athletes. um, well, for, for for a guy like him, like when we think about LeBron going, we're like, LeBron's not going for right. money. He's going where he wants right. to go. Right. So, um, but with... Well, because uh, the thing beyond that is money is a given, right? Like, so like money's going to be available for him anywhere he wants to go. Sure. So it's like, it's not even a consideration. And off it, the court it's too, already, well off the it's court. A, everything's too, yeah. already taken care of. Um, but I remember you and I talked about it and, and the prospect of him moving to LA the same year that LeBron does, you're, you're, you're the number two. Um, and if he goes, if LA has like kind of a mediocre year this mm-hmm. year, and then he comes next year, and then next year they make the playoffs and who knows, make a run at it, then yeah. he comes in as the missing piece, as right. the guy that LeBron needed, you know, to make this thing really work. Right. So I don't, I, I think it'll probably be, it'll probably all work out for Paul George. I like Paul George too. I think he's a good player. And that injury that he, that he oh, suffered was a brutal nasty, one. Nasty. But, um, uh, so for him to be able to have this kind of like, to, to be in this exciting time after so many frustrating years in, in Indiana. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's good for him. Uh, that said, Oklahoma city, just like, like, I do think they're, they had their best, most exciting year two years ago when, uh, Westbrook won the MVP. Oh, the MVP. And I think... 
Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen like what's going to happen here. I mean, the the team, the the Thunder kind of fizzled out in the playoffs last year against the Jazz, Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe with some of the key additions and and subtractions, plus a year of kind of gelling under their belts, maybe OKC has some better results. We'll see. Right. So they, the Thunder had a defensive rating last year. I found this pretty interesting. They had a defensive rating of ninety six point four when Andre Roberson was on the court, and when he was off the court, that dipped to one hundred and seven. Point six. So he was pretty much a key cog for their defensive prowess. And he was expected to be back for the first game of the season. And um, now it it just came out that he's going to miss the first two months, if not more. So OKC was looking like a really competent, dangerous team uh, defensively when all things were clicking on all cylinders. Now they got to basically refine. They got to find someone to replace Roberson at the two mm-hmm. guard. Mm-hmm. So bottom line here is um, OKC might be kind of fun, but we are, uh, you know, where it remains to be seen if they can find a role player to uh, step up in Roberson's place. Forgive me for asking, yes. but Schroeder. Yes, this is not the same Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder from yes the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Yes. So when did they pick him up? Okay. So OKC resigns Paul George. Then they trade Carmelo Anthony to the Hawks for Dennis Schroeder. That's yes. The yes, Hawks yes, take yes. Melo and they just wave him. Got it. They're got just it, wiping it. that contract off their books. Gotcha. Um, the Thunder also uh, resigned Raymond Felton and Jeremy Grant's. Mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel was added to the mix. He's yeah. going to back up Stephen Adams. So the Thunder run out a starting five of Westbrook, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams. Maybe then, Alex Abrinas or Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Someone's got to take Roberson's spot. And then uh, coming Schroeder, off. The- Schroeder can be, or Schroeder can be pretty explosive yeah. when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember he, you know, he showed some like spark in some of those. Um, I think it was three years ago when, when Cleveland won. Like, I think they played a series against Atlanta or something yes, like that. Yes, that and, sounds and, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he, he played pretty well <laughs> as well as Atlanta could play. But he's a quirky personality. He's yeah. not everyone's, but he's all, and he's uh, also not going to replace that defensive presence from no. from Roberson. That's so, right. So, um, you know, get Roberson back and and then see where you go from there. The sure. first two months of the season, those are those are important, but also not crucial to the success of a team. They'll probably make the playoffs again because they have you have two top tier talent guys at the top of that roster, and unless both of them get injured, this team they should make the playoffs. Look, but again, I think it's like Portland last spring. The entire Western Conference got shaken up. All these teams made runs in in February, March, April, right? Like the Blazers soared into the third seed. At one point, Minnesota was the third seed. Mm-hmm. They tr- they fell all the way back to the eighth. So if they can just get to Christmas or New Year's, uh, hopefully they get Roberson off the mend and they can kind of lock things in and make mm-hmm. a run. Uh, let's move on now to the Utah Jazz. Last year's fifth seed, 48 and 34. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what I was talking about. So at one point last January, the Jazz were a sub-500 team, and they were out of the playoff picture. And then they reeled off 29 of 35 games for wins. They make the playoffs. They wore insanely cool, bright orange and red and yellow jerseys. Oh, yeah. The sunrise jerseys. Yeah. And they shook up the league. And, you know, they got incredible production from... Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. Dante Exum, Jay Crowder, Jonas Jerebko, Derek Favors, and some kid named Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, this uh, this Some this kid. unknown yeah. name, Donovan Mitchell. 
So um, I love this team, man. This is this is my league pass. This is my league pass crew. I love yeah. watching these guys as much as possible. Yeah, they were they were fun to watch in uh, in the playoffs last year. I do think I do think Donovan Mitchell's legit. I mean, he's oh, dude. Yeah. he is uh, he stepped up in a big way in the playoffs last year. Any sort of challenges you foresee for the Jazz coming into this season? Uh, I mean, probably staying healthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the big thing is like, can they repeat the success of yeah. last year? Right? Can they get like, production off the bench from 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 these guys? Right. Um, I mean, they got. Who knows? Hot. I, it'll be interesting to see where Grayson Allen fits yes, into this, for um, sure. and if he can keep his uh, his temper in check. Oh my god! One of the classic <gasps> heels. I mean, one of like he's a classically the guy Duke. was made, and my fiance will kill me for saying this, but that guy was made to play for Duke. Oh my god! <laughs> what, what an asshole! asshole. Yes, <laughs> God, what an asshole! Yeah, I mean, I'm curious if these guys can repeat the success of last year. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they got insanely hot, 29 of 35 games. I mean, that's pretty unprecedented. But that is that is always a thing with with teams that surprise you right. and like make a and and play an exciting playoffs. You're like, there's there's so much excitement about the next season, and then right. you either capitalize on it and you move right. forward or you don't. But I think this team probably has the goods to do it again. Like if if they can, there's no breakout. There, there's no like massive star on this team. They they do feel like a team. Yes. Um, I will say this: teams are going to be keying in on Donovan Mitchell now. Like he's no longer a hidden secret. He's not a fun story anymore. He's now an elite level NBA star. Yeah. And the Jazz need him to be an effective scorer mm-hmm. in order to be good. I read that they were 31 and 15 when he scored 20 or more points, mm-hmm. and they were 17 and 18 when he didn't. Mm-hmm. So basically, if he plays like a star, they're a playoff team, yeah. and if he doesn't, they're a 500 ball sure. club. Um, no, it's very, it's very much in the same vein as a, a, a new quarterback coming in and the team, and they play really well, but no one's seen them play before, right? And once you once the light like, is on you, then right. you're like, okay, he's an option quarterback. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, like we know what that means. You yeah, know? let's get after him. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, see where yeah. It goes so. I mean, the, the team's brand very much seems like Donovan and defense. Yeah. you know, like Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year, and uh, you know he's also he had a, a knee injury last year. That's something that's kind of plagued him throughout his career, just staying healthy. So if he can stay on the court. If he can continue to be an anchor in the paint, if Donovan Mitchell continues to produce, sky's the limit for this team. Um, they they uh, they add, or I should say, they retain Derek Favors and Dante Exum in free yeah. agency. Jonas Jerebko was released. They Did Crowder add, come over from that from the trade from Cleveland? Yes, he was. Yes, yes. Sorry, okay. uh, they added Duke Heel, Grayson Allen, which you mentioned with their first overall pick. They have a starting five of Ricky Rubio, Dante uh, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. They have reserves coming off the bench: Jay Crowder, Dante Exum, Grayson Allen among others. So I love this team, man. Yeah. I'm bullish on this team. Yeah. I expect big things. Um, I bet they'll make the playoffs. I think I they make feeling. the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they and were if, another and not, not to knock seed, them, but I just seed. think it's, it's just a function of like the West is not as like as good. And there are maybe three locked spots in those playoffs. Right. The other five are very it's much like, up for grabs. Who's getting yeah. hot in March. Exactly. Who's getting hot in March. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the new Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, man. This is the sixth seed. 48, 48 and 34 last year. Um, you getting some love from Frank over there? Oh, so much, so much. <laughs> love this dog. All right. So last year's Pelican squad was, you know, they were kind of a tale of two teams, right? Mm-hmm. They were the twin towers group with Boogie cousins mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis. 
And then there was Life After Cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, after DeMarcus tears his Achilles, it was the Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo mm-hmm. and Drew Holiday and Nico Miritich show. And that team, the second team, had unprecedented success. You know, they 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 played, um, you know, they were playing fast and loose and they reached the conference semis and and uh, they were eventually, uh, they were eliminated by the Warriors. Yeah. What did that series go to? I think it was maybe five, five games. games. It, it felt ga- like they won game two or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. It felt like significant just that they got there that they, yeah, and that they won one, that they yes. took one from them. Yeah. You know, for me, I mean, like this is a fascinating team. What are the challenges that you foresee for this ball club come, coming into the season? I, I can get go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here are my questions. Here are my questions for you. One, two questions. One, was last year's playoff run? Was last year's playoff run the best that we'll ever see Anthony Davis play? No way. Okay, that's no. question one. No way. Question two: Was last year's playoff run the best we'll ever see Anthony Davis play as a member of the Pelicans? Oh, that's a good question. No, I don't okay. think so. Okay. I actually, I, I actually think this team could finish uh, second. Great. Um, Love it. Yeah. And I, I actually, I really do because. You move Boogie Cousins off the team. Um, Anthony Davis is the firm leader of that team. Yes, and it's a new season. So, mm-hmm. and the belief, and it's like we were there. We right. we stepped we up. Saw and we what got it- there. So we can do it again. Yes. We yeah. can go back. It feels very much like the same kind of mentality coming in as Boston. It's like we were right there you right. could do it and we did it like us yes. like the same like we yeah. wore those jerseys last year we're here again it's that same group we and just got to do and it there's no shame because look at look at what knocked us out it was right. the best team right. in the world and the best player like in no the one's world. gonna feel bad yeah. losing to golden state exactly exactly so my and, I, and i think anthony davis it's like no fear and he yeah. really is like fuck you i'm better than all of you totally my questions are i mean you know, which is kind of what you're getting at is like, can they replicate the success of last year? What they tapped into after they lost Boogie? Sure. Last year, they basically tapped into that "fuck you" energy that yeah. you're talking about, which is like us against the world. And um, you know, can they replace Demarcus's production with the likes of Julius Randle, who they signed? They they lost Rajon Rondo. They replaced him with Alfred Payton. It's like, can these guys are those competent replacements? And I mean, for me, that it it all comes back to Anthony Davis. I mean, this this team will sink or swim with oh, Anthony Davis. That that is that is that is true. But that's true of a lot of teams, right? I think so. Again, Davis stays healthy. The team figures out how to uh, play how to play and play well when he's not on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, yeah, they should be able to do it. Uh, there's veterans on this team. Drew, Drew Holiday has been around. Sure. Um, yeah, they just have to. It, again, I think it just like comes down to staying healthy. But Anthony Davis, I think, could will the team into the Western Conference Finals, and like much in the same way that LeBron did with all the Cleveland teams that he's played with. I mean, that's um, the comparison, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't think. I. I, I know a lot of people are talking about. Uh, is he the best player in the league? I heard Dan Patrick the Davis. other day say, yeah, yeah. Is Dave, Davis is the best player in the world, and I'm not really sure why you're saying that or what you're basing that on, given how long he's been in the league. But right. Yeah, he's incredible, he could, man. He could be. He's unbelievable. He's 25. And yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. He's, he's young, and he's healthy, and yeah. he's playing, 
and he's the leader of a team. So. I mean, I'm kind of waiting. I, I just need to see these these guys around him do something. I'm, I, I've never seen Alfred Payton play like in a big game. I've never seen Julius Randle play in a big game. You know, I need to see Nico Miritich play 82 games at a high level. Right. Night in, night out. Also, Anthony Davis, I mean, what he did last year, at one point in February, he averaged... 35 points, 13 rebounds, and two and a half blocks mm-hmm. for the month of February. <laughs> like, like that's just not possible to right. like sustain that. Right. And the, so, but I, I think that the unfortunate thing is, is that if you do that, mm-hmm. if you accomplish something like that, then the expectation, the ridiculous expectation is, is like, well, that's the standard you've set for yourself for sure. all, all the games, so for all not, 82 games. For if the you're rest not of dropping your 40 points a night, then uh, I guess it's an off night. You don't you know? want that. You right. don't want him to do that. Right. It's amazing that he did right. it, but nobody wants him to do that because you want the other players on the team to be like, you know what? If he's not on the court, we are fucked. Well, it's so incumbent let's... on them to. It's an you know, it's incumbent on guys like Drew Holiday and Etwan Moore and Julius yeah. Randall and Miritich and Peyton and Solomon Hill and Ian Clark. It's incumbent on these guys to step it up. Right. Um, they also brought in. I should note in the offseason, they brought in Jaleel Okafor. He's going to get uh, backup big man minutes, so he'll mm-hmm. add depth there. So we'll see. Uh, it's where a fascinating team. Where did they team. bring in Okafor from? Uh, oh God, Okafor has bounced around. He was in yeah. Philadelphia, then he got traded to Brooklyn. And he was a free agent in the offseason. Wait, wait, was uh, he in Philly last year? He was in Philly last year. Okay. Yeah, he was in Philly last year and traded at the deadline to Brooklyn. Let's move on to the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. This was last year's seventh seed. So the Spurs finished last year 47-35. and And the skinny here is, you know, I mean, the Spurs have have, uh, been a relatively quiet, drama-free organization for years, right? Until? Until? The infamous Kawhi Leonard incident, yeah. explosion, off-season soap opera, whatever yeah. you want to call it. So Kawhi had a, a leg injury last year that limited him to nine games, and it was cl- it was totally unclear as to like what the hell was going on because uh, he doesn't, of course, doesn't speak with the media. He doesn't communicate with anyone, so no one really knew what was going on. If he was disgruntled, what he was disgruntled about. If he was really hurt. So in the off-season, the Spurs ship. Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green up to Toronto for DeMar DeRosa and Yaka Pertl. You know, the Spurs, Greg Popovich always seems to have a way to get his teams to overachieve. Last year's group was no different. They mm-hmm. finished seventh in the West, and they lost in five games to the Warriors, mm-hmm. and that was without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Now they're adding DeMar DeRozan. So the theory goes, hey, we didn't even have Kawhi last year. Mm-hmm. And we were the seventh seed. Now we're just adding DeRozan to the group. Right. We should be, you know, we added a 20-something point player. Mm-hmm. We should be better, right? I think it's not necessarily that simple, but I'm curious. Are you expecting this team to make the playoffs? Are you expecting them to to finally miss? Yeah, I, I if, if Popovich is the coach of that team, I expect them to make the playoffs. Incredible. I just think that what... what, what they have no, no place to go but up right. because they were the you know they were the the half of the party that um was that was basically made to feel like unwanted and unneeded by Kawhi mm-hmm. um and they were like all right enough is enough and then they get rid of Kawhi so mm-hmm. he can seek greener pastures but you know, I think the culture that they have cultivated there over the last, uh, you know, two, 20 years, it feels like, yeah, that is purely an extension of the man at the top. 
mm-hmm. and that's pop. And mm-hmm. I think it, it really does feel like whoever he puts on the floor, and there's a, there's a lot, like Pow is, I mean, Pow, this Pow's is... an old dude, but like there's a lot of veteran leadership there. Rudy Gay is a good player. Um, this is like a team of veteran guys that the league has largely looked past yeah. at this point, right? And Pop is always squeezing something out of nothing. This is, we're What's talking about be, DeRozan, Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol. Yeah. Um, and again, when you look at those names on paper, you're like, okay, there's some there's some sure. talent there. But uh-huh. what's going to be tricky is when inevitably during, throughout the course of the season, one or a few of these guys, because of how old they Age. are and how many mileage, yep. how many miles they have, yep. we're going to have to sit a little bit. Okay. And then let's bring in these guys off the bench and see what they can do and how can they play together. So we've been talking about additions and subtractions, yes, right? Sir. Let's talk about the additions to the, to the Spurs because this is where I get very concerned. So yes, the Spurs lost Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. They sent them to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan and Yaka Pirtle. The Spurs drafted... The Spurs drafted Lonnie Walker with the 18th pick. Great. But guess what? He just tore his MCL. And then, Idiot. And then <laughs> he's expected to miss the first couple months of the season. Then a couple days later, DeJonta Murray, this like prized rookie, this is the great young hope for the Spurs, right? This is the, the counter argument that the, the Spurs are, you know, just this old team of old fogies. Yeah. Everyone points to DeJonta Murray is going to be the great, great hope at the point guard for the future. He just tore his ACL a couple days later. Then this morning, it was announced that Derek White, the guy that was going to replace DeJonta Murray, has a torn ligament in his left heel and is expected to miss six to eight weeks. Tony Parker's now in Charlotte. Marco Bellinelli has since returned in free agency. Mm-hmm. We are debating now between the guy who's going to be replacing Derek White at point guard is named Bryn, Bryn Forbes. <laughs> Bryn Forbes. <laughs> a, uh, Spell Bryn? B-R-Y-N. Forbes, like the magazine. Mm. F-O-R-B-E-S. Maybe it's Brian. Brian. Brian Forbes. Brian, Brian, um, Brian, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, what can you do? Like that, that, that is, that is the, uh, <laughs> that is one of the hardest things. Uh, I'm, I was that I'm trying to remember who, who it was. It was, I think it was Michael Vick, uh-huh. not Michael Vick. It was Vince, Vince Young when he got traded to the Eagles and he's like, we got a super team here. And it was right. really just like, yeah, you got a lot of names, but how, how can you, how can you prepare for the, for injuries like that, particularly yeah. to young guys? Yeah. And when the veterans are like, all right, we're here to carry this team, but we get, we got these young guys here, and once they get going, then we'll be good. And you're like, guess what? All right, I guess I'm in for a longer, <laughs> longer haul, than, haul than you realized. Yeah. Um, Patty Mills mentally, and Bryn Forbes. Mentally, like, and again, with any other, or with like most other teams, I would think, okay, mentally that could be, that could be something. But again, with like Popovich, I'm sort of thinking. <laughs> I, I sort of think he's like, all right, next up, we got to play. Yeah, got to play. So yeah. here we go. I mean, he's the Belichick of the NBA. If right? they did not make the playoffs, I would be, su- I would be, I would be surprised. But at the same time, I'd be like, I, I would understand the like just based on how like the the hand they've been dealt, how difficult a task that would be for them to do. Of it. course. So, um, I think they're again. I think they're better than most of the other teams in the conference. So I mean, they are savvy. Look, they're going to be savvy. They have veteran leadership. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if they can pull it off. Yeah. Uh, we got to get to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Have to. T Wolves. All right. Let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes. Last year's eighth seed, they finished forty-seven and thirty-five. So the skinny on this team is 
after a 13-year absence, the Timberwolves brought in Jimmy Butler, and they had him play along Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, and they made the playoffs mm-hmm. after a 13-year you know, dry spell. Right. And it was hard fought, and they were at each other's throats, and at one point, they were all... At one point, this team was in the top half of the conference. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually settled in as, as the eighth seed. Jimmy Butler, I think, hurt his knee, set out the last 20 games of the season, and they played Denver, I believe, in a, like a winner-take-all game, and they they won, and they were the eighth seed. However, there's trouble in paradise. Oh yeah. Before they started training camp, Jimmy Butler has now demanded a trade. As of today, it's Friday afternoon when we're recording. We still don't have an answer as to whether he's staying or going. What's going on? He's practicing though. So, Curran, let's talk about <laughs> the Jimmy Butler yeah. saga. I yeah. know you have some thoughts and feelings and opinions about this guy. Well, just watching that interview. Sound off. Yeah, just watching that interview with him. And uh, Rachel with, Nichols. With Rachel Nichols. <laughs> and Rachel, I love I love the way she did it. She, she Like her being like... Uh, just just being like well, so what's what's going on with you yeah. <laughs> like make us understand this i understand it was a hard day of practice and I, I yeah <laughs> i love that but um but his when he's like i'm pat look i'm just passionate i'm passionate i'm i'm actually yeah. sick of athletes yeah. talking about i'm passionate you can say i'm pissed off right like i don't need to i don't need to hear about it like it's like you don't you don't mean Dude. to be this way or you don't mean to behave of course you mean to behave yes. this way you were very clear i don't want to play here anymore right. trade me right. they haven't done that so you went to practice and you like mouthed off right I, you know what Dude, Fine. this is the Go. actor equivalent to me of like you, you hear about like mega you know star actors on movie sets who like go method and they're like on the set and they're like getting drunk and like abusing you know the crew and the cast and it's like no I'm just like getting in there with the character yeah. it's like no dude that's just called being insanely yeah. unprofessional yeah you're like, just you're just like you're actually being an abusive person <laughs> like you're being abusive there's a difference between being like I'm just hyper competitive and I love winning and it's like there's a difference like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were hyper competitive and they were hard on their teammates yes there's a difference between that and just being an asshole and like you can kind of tell one from the other you're he's just being an asshole I feel like he wasn't even saying I'm hyper competitive and I love winning though right. I feel like he was trying to say like I'm a good person who has big feelings and I'm kind of like <laughs> fuck you Yeah like get over yourself I don't care yeah. about your big feelings and about this Now I don't have all the information what I know what I yeah. what I know is he he doesn't want to play there he's That's asked right. for a trade well, they, they they haven't they haven't uh, they haven't granted him. I, had, I don't really have a problem with him like having a temper tantrum because it's clearly an an unhappy situation yes. that he doesn't want to be in anymore. And to just I mean, there's guilt on all like there's blood on all hands here. Like I think Thibodeau and the Wolves they need to take some blame for just like not moving on if that's like what needs to happen. First right. of all, Jimmy Butler is an unrestricted free agent next summer. Mm-hmm. He was offered, reportedly offered, and rejected a $110 million extension in July and has since demanded a trade. Right. So, you know, the Wolves have a choice here too, where it's like, you offered this guy a big contract. He said no. um, And now he's kind of being a jerk and you can just move on from this guy. If, if, you know, like at at some point they're going to have to make a decision because the inmates are now running the asylum here. Yes. And I, and, but I, I, I agree. And I do think at some, like the, the Timberwolves, front office it just had to be like well what 
this is going to be a distraction. It will be nothing but a distraction oh, yeah. for us, for the team. What are what are Dude, our plans my, for the my team? My number one note for like the the wolves on this upcoming season is like chemistry. Like like get at this past point, it. like the like can the wolves survive this saga? Because this is obviously gonna make or break them. You know, like all the hard hard feelings, all the infighting. Does yeah. does Coach Thibodeau wind up keeping his job, losing his job? it's all going to come back to this. I mean, it's, sure. it's totally nuts. It's either going to break the team, fracture the team, or it's going to galvanize and bring them together. And, you know, we're about to find out what the wolves are made of. You can... It's, organizationally, not just the players, but it's like, it's, who are these guys? Like, what are they trying to do? And drama, I think off-court drama in basketball has... Because you watch it in, in, in football, and yeah. that season is so short that, like, sometimes drama... Sometimes drama can kill a team, but right. the season is also short enough that you can like use it to propel you. Propel you. Yeah. You see it a lot with like certain, like the Cowboys in the right. '90s were just nothing but drama, but right. they they um they used it to galvanize themselves into right. like into you know four three championships in four years. But in basketball, it's such a long drawn out process, and it's over the winter, and everybody's miserable in the winter. And if you don't like if you don't handle these things, if you don't get past things like this, it, um, the, <laughs> then it will cause a problem. There was also an amazing point in the interview where he's he's like, look, I'm passionate and I got <laughs> upset and I, and I said something. He's like, a lot of that is true. She's like, she read a report of some of the things that it said he did. <laughs> like the rap like, sheet. Yeah. He's like, a lot of that, a lot of that's true. He's like, uh, was it a good idea? Probably not. And then Rachel Nickel goes, was it a bad idea, uh-huh. idea though? And he goes, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said it was not a good thing to do, and now you've completely gone back on it. I don't think he knows. I don't know that he was prepared for how he was going to respond right. in the, in that moment, going to practice after all this stuff. I don't think he thought it would it would get to this point let alone sitting down for an interview about it. But dude, there's some my friend Ben pointed this out. There's some really weird, shady inside trading stuff maybe happening between ESPN and Jimmy Butler's camp. Because all I know is like Woj had a scoop on like all the details of this practice yes. and he presented this narrative of like Jimmy Butler. He like ended his piece on Jimmy Butler being like Jimmy's back. Like he ended it saying something like it was a mic drop moment for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's back in town. And it was like, uh, all right, that's a little weird. This doesn't feel like neutral journalism. One, yeah. two, explain to me how exactly Rachel Nichols just happened to be in Minneapolis prepared to interview Jimmy right, Butler like right, right. obviously Jimmy Butler's PR people contacted ESPN and was like hey Jimmy Butler's going to be flying in for practice today Interesting. make sure to cover it and let's set up an interview afterwards and let's let's present this narrative that like you know it just it just but he's felt just a so good guy who got in a bad situation he's yeah. misunderstood he's just yeah. very passionate is all and yeah. it's like it feels so manipulative <laughs> it feels so manipulative on the part of jimmy and Butler. when you talk about athletes like i just want to be real uh you know i just like i, I just, or i just I, i'm just i just want to be myself or i just mm. want to i just want to play the game i just love the game so much if you're pissed off yeah like be pissed off, right? And if he had sat down and said, "Listen, I, I, um, 
I'm angry mm-hmm. and I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. They made me a very lucrative offer right. and I don't want to be here enough that I turn down an insane a lot of money. Of money. Yeah. Um, and that's the decision that I've made. And the next, and but because I'm still under contract, that's it. I just that that would be like refreshing, but that's not as interesting as here's the thing like somebody he, who's just trying to who's just trying to who's just trying to be himself. Uh-huh. Here's this thing this guy's all about winning, right? Like that that's his mantra throughout that whole interview, right? right. He requested a trade to the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> or the Knicks, right? Or the Clippers, right? There's something a little. Off. Oh, New York and LA, yeah. There's something yeah. a little off about that logic. You know what I mean? Like, if if this is how he's behaving with uh, teammates like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, both of whom were former number one overall picks, mm-hmm. how's he going to play? Like, how's he going to behave in practice when he's like playing alongside D'Angelo Russell and Karis Levert? Right. You know, like right at at uh, at Barclays Center. Right. So I don't know. Um, Notable off-season acquisitions additions for for this club. So yeah, Jimmy Butler turns down a uh, a contract extension. Carl Anthony Towns signs a supermax extension, reportedly worth one hundred ninety million dollars. And then oh, the bull or I was going to call them the Bulls. The, the Timberwolves also added Luol Deng. Yeah, um, because Tom Thibodeau just can't <laughs> can't get over the glory days of the Bulls. He still can't believe that they lost. I mean, dude, that year. Th- this is yeah. Can't Carl- believe what was that? Two thousand ten, nine, ten, whatever yeah. it was. Right. So this is a the, the team runs out. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Taj Gibson, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Jeff Teague. They have Derek Rose coming off the bench with yep. Gorgie Jang. I don't know what are what are your expectations here. I think this is this is one of the opportunities where if you're going to make a case for a team like the Nuggets or the Lakers making the playoffs, I could see Minnesota falling out of playoff contention yeah. just out of sheer chaos. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see them making the playoffs yeah. just because of just because there's there's too much outside Noise. stuff going yeah. on and it this kind of thing can um affect a locker room well past the the time that the the problematic element has been removed. But um I don't know, still a young team and yep. they're not like overly I do remember last year though people being like Minnesota could be good they could be really good but I mean, clearly they're the on paper the issue is way bigger than on paper they look on great paper. I mean like on paper they have Towns Wiggins Jeff Teague uh you know uh, throwing throwing in Butler there like you just figured they would make it work but yeah. I, I mean the personalities I guess are couldn't couldn't mesh yeah um all right, Kern, we're running short on time here, but before we go, we need to talk about... The Denver Nuggets, I know. <laughs> we need to talk about a certain team yes. in Los Angeles that everyone's very excited about. Um, so the Lakers, after you know, after the Kobe Bryant era wrapped up in 2016, the Lakers worked hard and they, they kind of drafted and developed a nice young core the last few years of Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. And um, they drafted Julius Randle, who they they let walk in free agency, and uh, they let Isaiah Thomas walk in free mm-hmm. agency. Of course, this was all to clear out cap space for a transcendent veteran acquisition mm-hmm. named LeBron James. Um, let's talk about the Lakers. Any sort of challenges, things you're looking for for the upcoming season with uh, the Lake Show? 
probably just seeing how the younger guys respond to playing with LeBron and how Rondo and um, Stevenson and McGee uh, transition to playing playing in that kind of spotlight. Yes. Um, I mean, we've and not seen only it, the man. LeBron spotlight, but clearly the Lakers spotlight. Yep. Um, the, Le- the, f- the funniest thing about this has been the reaction from Laker fans. How could you be so spoiled <laughs> that getting a player like LeBron would make you upset? I know. <laughs> so good. Like, it, it's so, so good. amazing. So good. But I suppose, also, I suppose managing expectation. Um, but again, th- there are no rational thoughts when it comes to LeBron and, and, uh, and this team. Like, there are yeah. zero. Um, I do think they'll make the playoffs. You do? Yeah. Um, I, I've, LeBron has done uh, more with less. Um, yeah, and he is he he's he's the uh, he's the player of our time. Mm-hmm. And playing, I, I I when people say he's not interested in winning championships anymore, he's not interested. Like, like I don't know why you would think if he's not interested, why would he suit up? Why why keep doing it? So I do think he believes, and he, and Magic believe that. You know why he's suiting up? He's suiting up to to seal those deals at HBO. It's getting him his Showtime money. It's yeah, because 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 the rest of his career, he's got been a Netflix special coming out. In the in, is he doing stand up? <laughs> he's gonna be. <laughs> He's got a next. He's got a Netflix special that he's got to promote. That's why he's suiting up. Yeah, I. I you guys ever notice when uh, one <laughs> wing of your house is under construction and you have to spend all your time in the other wing? That's crazy, man. What about the trade deadline, folks? Yeah, yeah I'm interested if LeBron can be patient, basically, with a developing young roster. I mean, can he allow himself to to not defer, but can he do less? Can he save his legs a little bit on certain nights? Can uh, also, like you said, can Rondo, Lance, Beasley, McGee, can all these guys coexist? They obviously have a well-documented, quirky uh, veteran roster. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, these guys are. I'd say the wild card in this is Rondo. Oh, I love Rondo, man. Yeah, he's so smart. He's just an intelligent. He's just he's, he was his mind he was so he smart. was in Boston those those couple years with with Garnett and um and Paul Pierce, Pierce and yeah. Allen. I mean, he was Kawhi before Kawhi, basically. Like, on yes. that on that level of yeah. like potential, and then it was yes. like, ooh, okay, yeah. what's happening? Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, it is it it it's exciting because it does feel like it could be combustible. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, did they blow this. it up? Did they, did, did, do, does, does, I don't think there's anything on this roster that Ing- is, that you is can't imagine Ingram, Ingram and Kuzma being packaged. Are the young guys here to stay? Are these young guys going to be packaged in a trade at any point for Jimmy Butler or for Kawhi Leonard or for well, fill in the blank? Well, I would say definitely getting other marquee players to join LeBron yeah. at some point is going to be, yeah, priority. when we get to the trade deadline, we could see some real exciting shit happen with this team. Yeah. And it could involve taking I mean, some of those young guys and being like, see you later. Oh, God. But, um, I hope they're just patient. That's the thing, I think it'd man. be great to see if this team yes. could like gel and like grow into Let's something. Let's have old I, man LeBron throwing lobs to Kuzma or, or Ingram. And, and don't you feel like, and, and that's another thing, if there was ever a player that I feel like it's a, like at he like needs this, this point in his career, if it's about like, let me see if I can get twenty assists a night, like 
Yes, this would be the like, guy. This would be the guy. This would be the guy. Um, did you watch any of that preseason game? I Against only... the Warriors yeah. the other night? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. They're, they're, oh. LeBron had that look in his eye, man, a couple of times where yeah. it was like, I said to a friend, do you know Do you know when the Warriors were playing the Cavs the last year or two? And everyone knew the Cavs were outmatched. Sure. It was like, this is the Warriors series to win. Yeah. Like, There's yeah. no question here. But LeBron can't help being LeBron. He's the most competitive person in the world. So yeah. he had that look in his eye where he was like, give me the ball, running down court. Like he is trying to win every possession. Yeah, and that team looked legitimately energized by yes. like playing on the floor together. There were moments in the scrimmage the other night where it was he had the same look in his eye where he's like, I know that they're better than us, but that doesn't change sure. the fact that I'm LeBron James and sure. I really want to win this game. But that's, and, and as it pertains to the Warriors, that is the kind of mentality. And that's where things could get interesting in the yes. West in general is yeah. if other teams are like, we're not the Warriors. That's that's the thing yeah, right that's there. The key. We're not the Warriors. Don't We're not try better to be than the Warriors. Them. Yeah. Let's fucking go after We them, can't man. beat the Warriors at their own game. So what we should do is try to focus on our own game and see if Let's the Warriors play hockey. Can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I I yeah, it was it was fun to watch. Only criticism I have, and yeah. this is athletes across the board. Stop like the I don't know when when the like flexing of the muscle uh-huh. became it's it ha- it's happening a lot it's and it's sort of like all right like take it easy we get it relax yeah I actually and and that's not to say I don't want a celebration I just don't like the like primal like scream and like yeah ah, to me is is better than the check out the gun like i can't i i don't yeah, know why i think i think it just makes me feel like everybody's five years old like this, is, this I... to me is like mm-hmm. when you go to your like cousin's house and he's like and he and he tells his kid like show him your muscles and you're like oh good oh, yeah good. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> i'm like i'm impressed with the shot the ridiculous right. shot you just made not what you're not showing your me muscles, that i yeah. expect you're a professional athlete i but. forget if i heard this on a podcast or if this was just like something i was texting with a friend the other day but you do sort of wonder if the cameras weren't there like what oh yeah if the cameras yeah. weren't there they would just what they would just hit the shot then just run back up court right because there's like no one to show off to really uh i think i do think part of it is just the natural like yeah. competitive edge and when right. you do that one shot that lebron flexed on yeah yeah i was calling out lebron in that yeah i'm an yeah. unapologetic yeah. lebron yeah. Yeah. lover yeah but um when he was being held and he just threw it up with his left hand and it went in and it's like it's like, yeah, that was ridiculous yeah. that you did that. And that is a combination of like preparation, uh g- like God-gifted talent, uh and luck and it and it worked out and it's just so I do think some of that is just the natural expression coming out, but the cameras yeah. do some Add guys do it. respond to that spotlight better than others. And how much uh, talk was about like last year when it came to players resting and it was like, well, for nationally televised games, mm-hmm. are these players going to rest? And you're like, well, maybe if they need it, but it's a nationally <laughs> televised game. So these players right. are obligated to play because the league is trying to sell the league. Of course. Um, all right. So real quick, we are expecting the Lakers to make the playoffs. Yes, I am. Okay. At least. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're going to finish in the top three, but I would, I would be, I, I am would, coming around to the idea. Yeah. The more I see, the likes of the the T-Wolves and the Spurs having these issues towards the end of training camp. I'm like, you know what? 
maybe, I mean, it's still LeBron James. Can he make a run at the seventh seed? Can he make a run at the eighth sure. seed? I think he probably can. And um, are we concerned about the Nuggets, the Clippers? Can any of these other teams make a run here? I think that... The, I forgot most of these teams were in the league. Yeah. <laughs> the Kings, the Grizzlies, the, the Mavericks. Poor Sacramento Kings. The Suns. Um, can you make a case for any of those teams as, as a lower rung playoff squad? I think the Clippers, I, maybe. I can't. No. The Clippers, I, I, I can't uh, simply by virtue of the fact that I don't know the league as well as, yeah. as you do. But, um, again, like being in the news, being making yeah. big moves mean counts for something. Yes. And if you're a team that can't make big moves, I think one either – you're not interested in making big moves right now because you're thinking about the future. Or yeah. two, you tried to make big moves, and it didn't but players work. were like, nah, <laughs> no thanks. I don't want it. I'm going to pass. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. unfortunately, I do think, like I, I would not be surprised if much of the, the playoff picture in the West, mm-hmm. like as we see a lot of that change. Um, I will say, this is a dark horse for me. I'm not okay. expecting they make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I am expecting the Dallas Mavericks to be better. I yeah. saw some highlights of them the other night. Luka Doncic looks really fun, man. Yeah. He looks really, really fun. Is this Dirk's last season? This is, Dirk is going to retire at the end of the year. Okay. He's coming off the bench. Yeah. Uh, Doncic looks like the real deal. Yeah. And Dennis Smith Jr. is really coming along nicely. They have some pieces there. DeAndre Jordan is now with the Dallas Mavericks. Again, I don't think they're necessarily going to be an eighth seed, but I think they will kind of fill that space that yeah. maybe the Clippers and Nuggets were in last year where they're kind of scrapping it out towards the end. Is it still Rick Carlisle? Head Rick coach Carlisle, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Colonel, let's wrap it up here. Anything cool, you want to plug? Uh, where can people find you online? You're, you're newly added to the Herald team. Captain. Captain um, in, at yeah, UCB gonna be in joining, New York. going to be joining Captain on so Herald Night. That's, people uh, can see you perform on what night of the week? Tuesday nights at either 8 or 9.30, depending okay. on where we fall in the lineup. And that can be found at uh, UCB.com, okay. uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. Okay. Um, getting married yeah, a buddy. month down yes. in uh, beautiful Bluffton, South Carolina. Great. And uh, so gearing up for that. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right, man. NBA season starts Tuesday night. I'm going to be out in Los Angeles uh, next week, but I will see you when I come back. And um, look forward to it. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. All right. It's a pleasure. This was fun. All right. That was the Western Conference preview with Curran Connor. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. Send me any of your NBA questions, your fantasy questions at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. I hope you guys are enjoying the start of the basketball season, and I will talk to you next week.